Welcome to Real Truth for Today with Pastor Jeff Shreve, Senior Pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. Now, here's Pastor Jeff. Well, good morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. Wanted to share with you a verse of scripture from the Old Testament that's one of the greatest verses in the Bible. Lots of people have heard this verse but many don't know the context of the verse, and they don't really even know what book it comes from. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Uh, Zechariah is having a vision from the Lord. He had one night where he had eight visions from the Lord, and this is vision number five. And uh, the Lord says to him concerning the rebuilding of the temple, if you remember, God's people were exiled in Babylon for 70 years, and then they came back uh, under the leadership of a man named Zerubbabel. His friends called him Bubba. And uh, so Bubba leads the group back in 538 B.C. as uh, Cyrus the Great let him come back to Jerusalem. And they came back for the purpose. Ezra came back with them along with 50,000 people. They came back for the sole purpose or the main purpose of rebuilding the temple because the temple was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar in 586 B.C. But uh, the task was great, and there was opposition to the rebuilding of the temple. And so here it is, 520 BC, and they still haven't completed the task, and they've been at this for 18 years. Well, they kind of started and, and then stopped uh, with the opposition, and then they, they put it on the back burner. And so there are two prophets that come. Haggai comes, and he says, Hey, Thus says the Lord, is it right for you to build your paneled houses while my house lies desolate? Uh, I'm not going to bless you until you focus in on building my house. And then Zechariah, he comes right on the heels of Haggai, and he encourages the people to get the work done. They finally finished the temple in 515 BC. But here is in vision number five that Zechariah has uh, from the Lord. He hears these words that are so uh, pertinent to every believer. Zechariah 4, 6. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, says Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of angel armies. Hey, you're going to rebuild this temple, Zerubbabel, but you're not going to do it by your might. That, that word might means military might. You have so many in your army. It's not going to be by uh, the number of people that you have. It's not going to be by power. Power is individual power. Your, your strength, your mind, your ingenuity, your ability. It's not going to be by any of those things. It's going to be by my spirit. Now, I was thinking about this yeah, yesterday and how, uh, you know, God gives us tasks, God-sized tasks, that, uh, and they're God-directed tasks. We know, hey, God wants me to do X, whatever X is. Uh, something as, as uh, maybe as simple as uh, God wants me to be a, a good and godly husband. 
a, a good and godly wife. He wants me to fulfill my role as a husband. And what's a husband's number one job with his wife? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Nourish her and cherish her and provide for her. Uh, physically, emotionally, uh, spiritually, be her spiritual leader. And what's a wife's job before the Lord to her husband? And let a wife see to it that she respect her husband. Now, just in the context of marriage and in the context of family, a husband and wife, therefore, when they God blesses them with children, uh, if he if he does, then then your parents. And what's the job of a parent to to uh, train up a child in the way he should go? Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs twenty two verse six to to bring up your children in the fear and the instruction of the Lord. Well, those are things God given tasks that can seem at times to be almost impossible. I shared with the church last night. I said, what, what, about, um, what about something as simple as just growing old gracefully? Growing old and not becoming a, a kind of a, a curmudgeon. Uh, not, not becoming Clint Eastwood. Get off my lawn. You know, how can you, how can you grow old and, and grow sweeter and not more cynical or bitter or angry because, you know, your body doesn't work the way it used to work. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, funny. I, I, we've all kind of seen this happen. As people get older, they talk a lot about their physical ailments. I have a good friend of mine, Dean Barry, and he said, my wife and I, he's in his 80s, he said, my wife and I have uh, determined we're not going to talk about our physical struggles and ailments. Nobody wants to hear that anyway. And the question is, well, why do, why do older people talk about that a lot? It's because when you're younger, everything works. And when you're older, uh, things don't work. And what should work doesn't work. And, and things start to leak. And it's just not good. It's, it's like old plumbing. And uh, we have lots of problems. And so just something like, how do I, how do I grow old in a way that is a, a blessing to people, in a way that reflects the glory of God, in a way that honors God. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a God-given task that can seem impossible at times. One of my favorite uh, Christians, I think she's one of the greatest Christians who has ever lived, and she's in her 70s now, and she's been on the radio program I hope to get her back on, is Johnny Erickson Tata. And Johnny has been in the um, been a quadriplegic in a wheelchair uh, for 50 plus years. She broke her neck when she was 17 years old. She deals with chronic pain. She's had cancer twice. Uh, you know, she was telling me about uh, the pain. She said, "You know, even though I'm paralyzed and I have no feeling in my legs." I still have neurological pain as if they hurt and it's wired in my brain and she said the pain can be excruciating. Well, she has to really rely on the Lord because she could be, as, as we all know, when you're not feeling well, when you have a bad headache or when you have pain somewhere, it's real easy to be short-tempered. It's real easy to be uh, selfish and to lash out. And so you have to really dig deep to, uh, to trust the Lord. Well, what's the admonition from Scripture? So here is Zerubbabel, and he is leading the group. He's the governor. He, he was uh, 
in the lineage of King David because, uh, you know, the kings didn't get wiped out uh, if they if they had and the, the royal line had gotten wiped out. Jesus couldn't be a son of David, but uh, they didn't get wiped out. God preserved uh, the royal line, but he couldn't be king because Israel was no longer an independent nation. They had, they had been taken over by Babylon. So he was called a governor, even though he's in the royal line of David, even though he would have been the king. But Zerubbabel is the governor, and he's leading the charge to rebuild the temple. Now, just to give, give you some uh, perspective, then it's going to be about 75 years later that Nehemiah comes, and he rebuilds the wall around Jerusalem. To not have a wall around your city is like to have a house without uh, doors. It's not good, and the enemy can just walk in. So they had to have the wall. But first, they had to rebuild the temple. And the temple finally got rebuilt. They came back in 538 B.C. The temple got rebuilt in 515. It was finished in 515 B.C. Well, Zerubbabel and the people are pretty discouraged because Jerusalem is just in ruins, and the temple is in ruins, and uh, all they see is rubbish, and all they see is is difficulty, and all they see is that, you know, we were all jazzed when we were leaving Babylon to come and rebuild the temple, but this task is too great. And so the word that was given to Zerubbabel as God spoke through his prophet Zechariah is, hey, what is too difficult for you is not too difficult for me. And this will be completed, but it's not going to be by your might. It's not going to be by your power. It's going to be by my spirit. He goes on to say in Zechariah 4, 7, What are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? He's talking about the mountain of opposition. You will become a plain. You will get leveled. And he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. There is coming a day when the temple will be completed and there will be great celebration. And you will say, grace, grace, beautiful, beautiful, the blessings of God. And you will praise the Lord as you put on that final stone. So, hey, what do we do when we are given a task by God? We know it's from God. We know God's will. He wants us to do this. Be a good husband. Be a good wife. Be a good dad. Be a good uh, mom. Uh, uh, grow old gracefully. Be, uh, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in, who is in heaven. Be a witness uh, on the job, in the neighborhood, wherever you go. Stand up and speak up for the Lord. Uh, make a difference in our world for Jesus Christ. Pray that God would bring revival to our land. Uh, how do you do those things when, it, when you look around and all you see is rubble and ruins? Well, remember this. Remember this. The best of us get discouraged. The best of us get discouraged and we want to quit. That, that's just normal. That's just natural. If you're, if you're facing a difficult, difficult situation and, and you say, I just don't think I can do this anymore. I just, this is so hard. I just want to quit. Well, the devil is all for the quitting. You know, they, the famous line from Rocky Balboa in the, in the sixth installment, he didn't call it Rocky Six. He just called it Rocky Balboa. And when he said to his son, you know, the, the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. 
He said, no one hits harder than life. And life uh, will knock you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. He said, but life ain't about how hard you, you, you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, about how much you can take and keep moving forward. Well, that's a good word of encouragement. Now, when we get discouraged, we typically follow the devil's uh, corroding, satanic, slimy path to get our eyes fixed on all the rubble, to get our eyes fixed on all the problems, to get our eyes off the Lord and onto the trouble. In Nehemiah's day, it says, thus in Judah, it was said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing, yet there is much rubbish, and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. All they saw were the ruins. And they said, we can't do this. this why, why were we thinking we could ever do this? It's too hard. Hey, when you feel like that, when you feel like the task that God has given you is too hard, just know this. You've taken your eyes off the Lord. You've put them on the problem. You need to get them back on the problem solver, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We have to get our eyes back on Jesus. It, it, it doesn't, the, the completion of the task that God has given us, it doesn't depend on you or me, our might or our power. It depends on him. By his spirit, things will go. I love what the scripture says about David. When David was uh, going through a very difficult time, his men had led a raid. They lived in a place called Ziklag, and they had led a raid on the Negev, it says in 1 Samuel chapter 30. And while they were gone, some uh, a band of enemies came in and destroyed their town and took their wives and their children. And so they come back and everything is destroyed and, and their goods are gone and their families are gone. And David's men were very upset and they all cried and wept. And then they turned on David and they said, you're the leader. You let this happen. We're going to stone you with stones. And the Bible says that David was very distressed, as you can imagine. You'd be distressed. I'd be distressed uh, if they're talking about stoning you with stones. And it says this, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. You and I need to get our eyes on Jesus, encourage ourselves in the Lord our God. Listen, you don't have what it takes, I don't have what it takes, but he does. And it's not by might, and it's not by power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Well, you're listening to Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time right here on American Family Radio. We're up against a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. Over the last 19 years, we have traveled the country to love and serve the brokenhearted by helping them rebuild their homes after natural disasters. Today, we're ready and excited to announce 8 Days of Hope 20 is happening March 9th to March 16th in Amory, Mississippi. Last year in March, Amory saw an EF3 tornado come through the town and damage thousands of homes, and there was even loss of life. And now we as the body of Christ get a chance to serve this community again through March 9th through March 16th. You're invited. It's free. We provide food and lodging, and there's something for everyone. Can you bring your family? Yes, you can. 
During the outreach, we're also going to have a special night of worship with Darren Mulligan from We Are Messengers, Ben Fuller, and Jonathan Traylor at a free concert for the volunteers and the families alike. Please join us. All the information is on our website, 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. Our foundational beliefs affect every part of our lives. They shape the way we understand and interact with the world around us. And this week on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress continues his series called What Every Christian Should Know by explaining the core Christian beliefs surrounding the Holy Spirit and angels. Listen all this week to Pathway to Victory. Weekday mornings at 6 Central on American Family Radio. This is Jan Markell next on Understanding the Times Radio. My guests and I discuss the fact that some doctrine once celebrated in our churches is now under siege, literally being attacked, and it is the truth, not a false teaching. Learn what theology that would be and how this happened and what you can do about it. That's next on Understanding the Times Radio. Saturday afternoon at 1 Central and Sunday afternoon at noon Central. People stream videos for different reasons. Some are looking for entertainment to help them unwind and escape reality for a few hours. For others, videos are gateways to fascinating places or to information to build their knowledge of the world we live in. Whatever your reasons are for watching videos, AFA streaming gives a very important added benefit, a stronger biblical worldview. Our documentaries, church and educational curriculum, special events, current AFR shows, even the movies and kids' videos are all scripturally sound. AFA Streaming is not just a source that you can watch without worry or guilt. It's a resource that can help you share God's truth with others. You can watch for free, or if you're a Great Commission partner, you can access unlimited content in the ever-growing library. The value is second to none. Find out all about it and start watching today at streaming.afa.net. Streaming.afa.net. This is Real Truth for Today. Podcasts of the program are available on the podcast page at afr.net. Now, back to Pastor Jeff Shreve. Welcome back to the program. Pastor Jeff here. We're talking about Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, one of the the most important verses in the Old Testament where the Lord says in a vision to the prophet Zechariah, he says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the governor. Uh, he he would, would have been king, but they didn't have kings because they're under uh, subjugation at this time. And the year is about 519 B.C. And he says, this is the word to Zerubbabel saying, not by my not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Zechariah tells Zerubbabel, I have called him to this task to rebuild the temple, and it is going to happen not by his military might, not by the number of workers that he has, not by his ingenuity, not by his individual power, but my spirit will make it go. And so we, we're talking about how does that apply to us today? Well, it applies to us. God's called us to do a lot of things. And as we uh, fulfill the will of God for our lives and as we walk in his ways, we're going to face things that seem impossible. 
We're going to face things that, uh, listen, if you don't have anything in your life that's a challenge to you, uh, you're not doing the will of God because the will of God requires the power of God. And if we can do it without God, then... uh, that that means you're you're not doing a God-sized task. Uh, you know the Lord led Moses and the people to a specific place called Pihahirath, which is uh, a, a dead end, so to speak. In front of you is the Red Sea, behind you is Pharaoh's army. He did that on purpose so that they would trust in the power of God, so that they would look to God, so that they would cry out to God. Uh, a, a phrase that I like that is so important for us to, uh, to have down. God will not do what you can do, and you cannot do what he can do. God will not do what you can do, and you cannot do what he can do. And so in, this, in the book of Zechariah, well, uh, he is talking to the people about rebuilding the temple, encouraging the people to rebuild the temple, and they were going to have to do it. And listen, rebuilding anything, uh, it takes effort. It takes blood, sweat, and tears, so to speak. Speak. God was not going to rebuild the temple for them. He was going to rebuild the temple through them. He was going to supply the strength and the motivation and the power for them to do that. Uh, it, it, because they, they weren't going to be able to do it on their own. And God knew that. Just as God provided the the strength and the power for Nehemiah to lead them to rebuild the wall. And God provides the strength and the power for us to do things that are, uh, that may seem uh, simple, but they're not uh, marriage and family. Ephesians chapter 5. That tells us about the husband and wife relationship. Chapter 6 tells us about the parent-child relationship and the child-parent relationship. And before the Lord tells us about family life, marital life and family life in Ephesians 5, we read about being filled with the Spirit. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is a waste, that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit because you can't do this on your own. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Psalm 127, verse 1. We can't do anything without the Lord, anything that really matters, anything that would be pleasing to Him. That which is of the flesh is flesh, Jesus said, and that which is of the Spirit is spirit. And the flesh and the Spirit don't have anything in common. That's why it says in Galatians 5, but I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the deeds of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. Now, the Lord says, apart from me, John 15, you can do nothing. You can do nothing that matters, nothing that is pleasing to me. Because if you do things apart from him, then you're going to be doing it in the power of the flesh. And the Lord hates the flesh. Uh, Those who are in the flesh, Romans 8, cannot please God. It's impossible to please God in the flesh. Why? Because the flesh is, that's our uh, saying to the Lord, I can do it. uh, The flesh is the big eye. It's, It's pride. It's saying, look what I can do. And so... Zechariah 4, 6 reminds us, it's not by what you can do. It's not by your might. It's not by your power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. So what does the Lord want from us 
If he doesn't want our might, he doesn't want our power. He does want one thing. He wants our surrender. And so to do the will of God, you have to surrender to the will of God. You have to surrender to the Holy Spirit of God who lives inside every Christian. And uh, when you surrender, when you say with Jesus, not my will, but yours be done, as he prayed that, that prayer three times in the Garden of Gethsemane when he kept saying, Father, if it, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, the cup of the sin of the whole world. He was getting ready to drink that cup, and he was asking and pleading with his father, is there another way? And silence from heaven said, my child, there is no other way. You're going to have to go to the cross and there's going to be separation in the Trinity. Separation, uh, as he cried out from the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, dual meaning, taking people to Psalm 22, which starts with that same phrase, and also crying out to the Lord, uh, fellowship that, had been, that existed between the Father and the Son from eternity past was was broken when Jesus drank that bitter cup and took all the sin of all the world upon himself. Well, we can't do anything apart from yielding to the, to the Lord's will, apart from yielding ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done, and Jesus be Jesus in me, as the song says. There is a uh, quote from Vance Havner, and he's talking about this uh, surrendering to God's will and, and facing those God-given tasks in the power of the Holy Spirit and depending upon the Holy Spirit. You know, as Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ and is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. So I'm dead to my old way of life as a Christian. I have a brand new life in Jesus, but I have to walk that out by faith. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, Colossians 2, 6, so walk in him. How did you receive Jesus? By grace through faith. How do you walk with Jesus? By grace through faith. Every single day, you re-up, so to speak. You bring yourself before the Lord. And uh, I urge you, therefore, brethren, Romans 12, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Here I am, Lord. All I am, Lord. Inhabit my humanity, and Jesus be Jesus in me. And you vacate the throne of your life and let the Lord by his spirit sit on the throne. Well, here, here's uh, the, the danger to that. Here's what Vance Havner said. We say we depend on the Holy Spirit. But actually, we are so wired up with our own devices that if the fire does not fall from heaven, we can turn on a switch and produce false fire of our own. If there's no sound of a rushing, of a mighty rushing wind, we have the furnace all set to blow hot air instead. God save us from a synthetic Pentecost. Now, preachers, let me speak to the preachers and the, the Bible teachers. When you get up to preach, when you get up to teach, when you get up to sing uh, in the choir or sing a solo or do anything up front like that for the Lord, you you cannot rely on your own strength, on your own ability. 
because if you do, it's just wood, hay, and straw. God doesn't want your ability. He doesn't need your ability. The best ability is simple availability, and we just surrender our will to His. And what the Lord says when we do that, He says, listen, I will build the temple. I'll do this task not for you, but through you. As we said, God wasn't going to build the temple. Hey, you guys go watch TV while I build the temple. No, they had to do it, but they did it in the strength and the power of the Lord. Hey, when David faced off with Goliath, God didn't, uh, he didn't strike Goliath with a massive heart attack. You know, David said, well, I'll go fight him. Uh, and the Lord says, well, David, you don't even have to. I'm just going to kill him on the spot. I'm going to zap him with a thunderbolt. Uh, God didn't do that. He had to go out there. He had to face off with Goliath. He had to put the stone in the sling. He had to uh, face the fear and overcome his fear and go toe-to-toe with the nine-foot, nine-inch giant. God gave him the victory. God took the stone. Once David let it fly from his sling, God took that stone and God supercharged that stone and God uh, thrust that stone through the forehead of Goliath. But he did, he did it through David. He didn't do it for David. And that's the big, big difference. And so uh, when he says in Zechariah 4, uh, 7, what are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain, and he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. You are going to complete this project, and you are going to level this mountain, of all the mountain of opposition that you feel, and all the discouragement from the people, and the fact that you're, not, uh, you're in poverty here in a broken-down Jerusalem. And then he says this to them. He says, Uh, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house and his hands will finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you for who has despised the day of small things. Did you, did you catch that? Who's despised the day of small things? You know, everybody starts out small in the Christian life. Uh, we're born again, and how do we come into this world spiritually as a little baby? And as newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow with respect to salvation. Nobody gets instant growth. Nobody gets uh, just snap your fingers and all of a sudden problems go away and everything is just uh, done and it's just easy peasy. Uh, the Christian life is not like that. When when the children of Israel, led by Joshua, went into the promised land, they had to conquer, and that took time. And from Jericho to Ai to this battle, that battle, the next battle, the Lord didn't just drive out all the people. He said, if I did that, then the wild animals would have overtaken it. He said, I'm giving you the land little by little so you learn to trust me. And so don't despise small beginnings. And the the temple was going to be a great temple, even though to them it seemed like it was nothing in comparison to Solomon's temple because Solomon's temple was uh, one of the wonders of the world. It was an unbelievable uh, structure. It took seven years in building it. It just overlaid with gold all over the place and uh, some some kind of edifice. Well, there this temple... Zerubbabel's temple was not going to be like that. 
But the Lord says, my power is going to be there. My grace is going to be there. My presence is going to be there. It's going to be wonderful. Hey, don't despise the day of small things. And, and listen, when God calls you to a task, uh, just know that how do you complete that task? It's the, it's the old expression. How, how, do you, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I tell people this often, you know, when, uh, when they'll come into my office and have marital problems and, you know, be at the point of, I don't know if we can do this anymore. I said, listen, listen, this is what you need to remember. You didn't get to where you are overnight. Your relationship wasn't great hitting on all eight cylinders and overnight just disaster. It falls apart. It goes from a 10, uh, the very best it could be, to a, to a 1 in 24 hours. It doesn't work like that. I said, how did, you, how did you drift away from one another? It took time. It was little by little by little you began to drift away. Now you find yourself in this, this terrible place where you don't even like each other. And there's bitterness and there's resentment and all sorts of uh, just a, a toxic cocktail for, uh, to, to lead to um, separation or divorce or isolation, just a, just a bad place. And I said, so here's what you need to do. If I told you today, as they sit in my office in Texarkana, Texas, East Texas, I said, if I told you to walk to California, uh, that would be quite a task, to walk to California. But what do you need to do? If you're going to walk to California, you just got to start moving west. I said, some days you may not make it very far. Some days maybe you only make it 10 feet. But some days you make it 10 miles. And so, but if you'll keep moving west and day after day after day after day, keep making progress, eventually you hit California. Eventually you can see the Pacific Ocean. You just kept moving west. Hey, don't despise the day of small things. God will work through that. And so it's consistent behavior over time is critical in relationships consistent behavior over time yields trust it rebuilds trust you can lose trust very quickly you can't get trust back quickly you have to keep adding just uh, a little bit every day to make the difference so if you're facing a god-sized task and you are running out of strength just know this it's not by your might it's not by your power it is by God's Spirit, and God wants to empower you to do His will as you yield yourself to Him, as you abide in the vine. I am the vine, Jesus said. You're the branches. If you abide in me, then my power will flow through you, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Hey, we're up against a break, but when we come back, we're going to be taking your calls, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. I'd love to hear from you, and if you have a situation that you know God wants you to fulfill this task, but you feel so overwhelmed, uh, share that with me, because uh, the Lord has an encouraging word from His Word for you this day. 888-589-8840. You're listening to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We'll be right back. Do you want to prepare for God's calling on your life to ministry? Many people have a sense that God is calling them to ministry, but they don't know the next step to take. Here's a step that may be for you. 
Wesley Biblical Seminary offers a new Bachelor of Arts in Christian Ministry that's entirely online, and it will prepare you for whatever ministry God calls you to next. We want to equip you with knowledge and tools you need to confidently fulfill the calling that God has put on your life. Learn more at wbs.edu. That's wbs.edu. Thoughts of the child you were carrying keep pouring over in your mind. A deep, unrelenting sadness overshadows your days, and you wonder if you will ever feel whole again. There is hope and healing from a reproductive loss. Call the International Helpline, 866-482-LIFE, and talk with someone who has been where you are. Your call is confidential, and we will help you find healing. 866-482-LIFE. Spiritual Heritage Tours with AFA President Tim Wildman include a tour of Washington, D.C. and a separate tour of Colonial Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown with Stephen McDowell, President of the Providence Foundation. Now, Williamsburg is very significant in the early history of America. It was the capital of Virginia from like 1700 for to the next 80 years, but when the American Revolution broke out, events that affected our history took place there. George Washington was often there as a member of the Virginia legislature. Patrick Henry, the great orator of the American Revolution, uh, was there as well. And so we're going to see some of these early buildings. There's 88 structures that date from colonial times that are still there. For all the information on tours in June and September, visit the website spiritualheritagetours.com. That's spiritualheritagetours.com. Then join us on one of our 2024 tours. You know, you see a huge group of people and maybe they're in line to do something and they seem happy about it. You have to wonder, okay, what am I missing? What's going on here? What are these people excited about? Well, in this case, it's thousands of people and they're joining MediShare. Why? Well, MediShare is a much more affordable alternative to health insurance. It's reliable, too. It's a well-run community of Christians. They've been sharing each other's medical expenses for more than 30 years, so it's proven. And if you switch, you'll likely save hundreds of dollars a month. Most members wind up paying about half what they used to. And you know what? They find they like it better. MediShare's member satisfaction rate is 98%. That's way better than health insurance, as you might imagine. You don't have to pay for things you don't believe in. You get telehealth 24-7, huge freedom in choosing your doctors. At least check into it. This may be one of those things where you're like, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Why not start saving now? Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. If you'd like to contact Pastor Jeff, Email Pastor Jeff at FromHisHeart.org. Now, back to Real Truth for Today with Pastor Jeff Shreve. Welcome back to the program. Pastor Jeff here. We've been talking about a very important verse of Scripture in the book of Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah, the second to the last book of the Old Testament. You have Zechariah and then you have Malachi. And the Lord said to Zechariah concerning the rebuilding of the temple that was just seemed like an insurmountable task. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, who was the governor over the project, saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And whatever mountain is in the way, just know that's going to be leveled by the power of God as the people trusted him and got to work, not in their strength, but in the strength that he 
graciously provided. Well, we're opening the phone lines, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Listen, if you are faced with a with a, a God-given task, and you know the Lord wants you to do this, but it just seems so hard and so impossible, you know, just something as, uh, as every day uh, as being a stay-at-home mom with little kids. So my middle daughter, Amy, has two active little boys, Jack and Chase. We love them to death, but it's exhausting to be a, a mother of a preschooler. Uh, that can just wear you out. And to do it in a way that is pleasing to the Lord and you just can feel like if you're not careful, you can get so discouraged, you can feel like such a failure because, uh, I mean, it's just monotonous. I got to clean the kitchen yet again. I got to do laundry yet again. I got to clean, you know, another bath, another this, another that, changing another diaper. Uh, Kids are sick. All those difficulties, those daily grinds, But the Lord is saying, hey, I'm here to help you. I'm here to strengthen you. It's not by your might. It's not by your power. It's by my spirit. So we're going to the phone lines, 888-589-8840. And we have Don on the line from Arkansas. Don, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Well, thank you, sir, for uh, taking my call. Uh, I'm in a situation where I am uh, a parent of uh, my son. He's 31 years old. When he was six weeks old, he uh, had like a near SIDS episode, and uh, he's been having cerebral palsy ever since. So basically been dealing with this thing for about 30 years, Mm. and it does get discouraging. Like uh, I have uh, one undergraduate, two uh, graduate degrees, and uh, it just seems I'm changing diapers uh, every day, and that gets a little discouraging. Yeah. Well, um Don, just so you know, if I'm you, that's hard for me too. So uh, I think uh, I think the uh, the difficulty and the discouragement you face, anybody would face. Um, so you're not alone in that. But I, I think that as you as you look at it, it's like, okay, well, the Lord allowed this to come in to my life. He's got a purpose in this. And uh, as Martin Luther once said, a dairy maid can milk cows to the glory of God. And if this is what God has given me to do, then anything I do in his strength and in his power as I take care of this loved one is pleasing to him. And uh, so I think that helps, um, you know, because it can be monotonous and it can be mundane and it can be so... You know, one day is, is just like the, the day before, the day before, the day before. Uh, but but I think if you see it as, but this is the service that God has called me to do, and, uh, and I need to do this for His glory, uh, that kind of helps the monotonous turn into the momentous because it's like, okay, this is Jesus who's going to be glorified today as I take care of my son. Mm. Okay. That doesn't sounds good. Thank you. That does, yeah. And and Don just it doesn't it doesn't necessarily make it easy, but it makes it worthwhile uh, because you know you you can't bail out. He needs you, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. So I would just look at it like uh, this. There's a phrase that I learned years ago, and it said this, nothing comes into your life that doesn't first filter through God's fingers of love. For God has a reason and a purpose for this. And, um, and as you're faithful to do what he's called you to do, he'll be glorified and he'll reward you in the end for that. And uh, I think a lot of times, Don, we don't know why things happen the way they happen. We just have to say, okay, mm-hmm. Lord, I trust you. And, and I want to, I want to finish well. I want to, I want to be faithful f- yeah. with the time that you've given me. So I hope that's helpful, Don. Mm-hmm. It is. And just uh, knowing that uh, this too shall pass. And yes. uh, I have not yet resisted sin to the point of shedding of blood, as the uh, yes. Bible would say. Right. In Hebrews, I believe. Right. Well, yeah. And, and just just to know that, um, you know, I think when you so First Corinthians ten thirty one, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. When you know and you put your head on the pillow at night, hey, I, I did what God called me to do today. And maybe I had some ups and downs with my attitude, but but that's I, I, I completed the task for today. And so as I talked about walking to California, you know, I, I made progress and, and we went further, further west today. And uh, God is pleased with that because that's all you can do. I'd say my favorite sermon illustrations from uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, Perseverance. The only way the snail made it to the ark. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And the Lord takes, you know, uh, Peter talks about that in First Peter uh, chapter 4. There's, there's something oh, yeah. about suffering that the Lord, uh, you know, he, he's, um, he's near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. We share in his sufferings. There's a, there's a fellowship with the Lord when we're dealing with difficult situations that uh, God just, he, he's, he's glorified through that. Because I think, too, Don, that shows uh, to, to an outside world when you can have joy and when you can have peace in doing something very, very difficult that everybody would say, if I had to do what Don's doing, that would be very difficult. How does he have joy? How does he have peace in the midst of this? That's a testimony to the power of God in your life. So hang in there, my brother. God bless you, and thanks for calling. All right, we have Mary on the line from Texas. Mary, welcome to Real Truth for Today. I thank you, and I thank you for your advice, your program, the Word of God you teach. Um, I know I'm not the only one that's walking this journey right now. We lost our husband and their dad in October. Mm, so this is coming in church of since 67 Mm -hmm. I had a lot of ups and downs, trials I I get through for a while trusting in God's word casting my care upon him and then I'll go a while and then it hits me again Mm -hmm. and the question why my husband suffered for three years. For three years, he asked God to take him. And I told him, we have grandchildren. Nobody else is going to care or pray for them like we can. And God did miracles in those three years. I don't know how many times his kidneys failed and we prayed. And two weeks after being released, 
the kidneys were normal. Even the kidney doctor was amazed. But the last time he was in the hospital, and he passed, and we asked why, and God said, these three years I've been preparing you for this day. Mm. And so I had an answer for my daughter the next day. She said, Mom, he always brought him home. Always. Why not now? And I was able to say, God prepared us for this day. Your dad wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that day they took him to the hospital. My prayer is always for healing him, in which God did. This this last time, though, I prayed, God, answer Wendell's prayer. Mm-hmm. He wants to leave and go yeah. home. Yeah. And I felt guilty for praying that way, because we've seen what God done for three years. Right. And so did the doctors. But it's so hard. I know he says, cast all our cares upon him. I know my husband was ready to meet the Lord. But it's still, there's, I don't know how to describe it. I'll be going along for a week right, or two, and then it hits. It right. hits. And is there ever a peace? We need well, yeah, I, I do future. think, yeah, I, I do think, Mary, there, you know, it's, it's normal and natural what you're going through. Um, good friend of mine, uh, the associate pastor, Larry Sims, when uh, a friend of ours lost his spouse, um, he was just, he was like a lost puppy. And, uh, Larry said he had dealt a lot with death, uh, in his 40 plus year ministry. And he said, you know, some things you just can't short circuit that it's they're just going to have to go through it you're there for them you love on them but uh the pain is just there and the lord knows and that's why uh he says he's near to the brokenhearted he saves those who are crushed in spirit and so i just think you keep bringing that before the lord and and you you think about where your loved one is he's in glory with the lord he's no longer suffering he's no longer in and out of hospitals and so that helps and then i would fill your home with praise music and especially when you get sad uh to lift the spirit you know because uh god inhabits the praises of his people psalm 22 and uh, the devil has to flee because he loves to get you in a dark place and and just kind of bring you down with depression and discouragement and sadness and so yeah we feel the sadness and and tears aren't a sign of weakness they're a sign of of love and uh but but the lord is there and i love the scripture that says he will wipe away every tear as we trust him and when we go to glory there's no more mourning there's no more crying there's no more pain and there's no more death and so we praise him for that but connie let me pray for you i'm sorry mary let me pray for you uh father in heaven i just pray for mary as she's uh she loved her husband so much and, and just experiencing the pain of his loss. And uh, Lord, we, we know he was a believer, and so he's with you. And so I just pray that you'd wrap your arms of love around her and her family and that uh, you would just be su- 
uh, just providing for her. And uh, Lord, you just keep her close to your heart and just remind her that you'll never leave her. You'll never forsake her and forsake her. And one day we're all going to be together. As the song says, when when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, Mary. I appreciate your prayers. My husband, we were married 57 years. So marriage does work when you have God in it. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for that. Well, we have Sean on the line from Iowa. Sean, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Hey, Jeff. Thank you. God bless you and your program. Listen, I just had a a quick uh, resource for your first caller there, uh, the situation he's dealing with. I've been dealing with my elderly mother for some time now, and she lost her husband here a couple of years ago. And she just turned 84 uh, yesterday, so I'm dealing with that. But uh, a there's a couple books by Peter Rosenberger, and he's on American Family Radio for the people that don't have the app. But uh, he has a couple books out. One's called uh, Hope for the Caregiver, and the other one is uh, A Minute for Caregivers. And I was uh, giving some of those away at Christmas to some other people that I know, and that book's helped me a lot, those two books. So I thought maybe that might be of some help to him. Amen. Well, thank you, Sean. That that will be helpful. So say it again, Where what they are. Uh, it is Hope for the Caregiver and A Minute for Caregivers, and it's, they're by Peter Rosenberger, and he talks about them occasionally. Um, he is on American Family Radio uh, at 7 a.m. on Saturday and uh-huh. at 10 p.m. on Sunday. Okay, very good, very good. Well, those will be yeah. helpful. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Thanks yeah. for calling in with that resource. Well, we are down to uh, just the last uh, minute and a half or so. Uh, let me encourage you this way. Zechariah 4.6. Commit that to memory and uh, make that just a part of your day. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And every day, just just say, Lord, I have this today. I bring it before you. I cast my burden on you knowing that you will sustain me. And Lord, I'm not able to do this task that you've given me. Whatever the task is, uh, this, this rebuilding of the temple task, so to speak, this thing that seems so insurmountable, that's just a mountain in my way. But Lord, I know you're able. And so Lord, I'm trusting you today. And Jesus, be Jesus in me, no longer me, but the resurrection power. Fill me this hour. Jesus, be Jesus in me. And as Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and delivered himself up for me. Hey, may God bless you as you walk with him. Remember the two words, shine and share. Shine for Christ. Share what great things the Lord has done for you. And know that God will use you as his witness. I'll be with you again tomorrow. I'm talking to Dr. Chuck Kelly about the state of the Southern Baptist Convention. So until next time, God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.